1: Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening.
0: From Barangaroo
1: Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It is the 18th of the month and the month is March. I'm Nadine Blaney. This is AusBiz COB. We are at the close of business. I'm here with David Scott. Scotty, how is the day today? I feel like I didn't talk to you a whole lot.
0: Yeah, we didn't see much at all. We <laughs> yeah, were on air for an hour. That was yeah, right. but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, look, I want to say it was a fantastic day in the market. It was gloomy outside, I don't know, in Sydney weather. I'm not sure everywhere else around the country, but uh, it was gloomy on the markets as well. Uh, good news on the economy it was bad news for markets, I think.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing is pre-10 o'clock, we were still obsessing about the FOMC. 11.30, we got that jobs report, which came in hot. So the decline in the unemployment rate below 6%. So that is proof that this economy and this economic recovery is in full swing, wouldn't you say?
0: Oh, it's on the right trajectory, certainly. And I just want to point out, I think uh, on the podcast last Friday, I said that the unemployment rate here in Australia could easily start with a five handle uh, come uh, this time next I think week. I
1: poo pooed that, didn't I? You
0: did poo poo it. <laughs> so uh, you, you can apologize off it. Credibility. But, uh, Credibility but, uh,
1: gone. No, look. I, I but put, it wasn't in the forecast. Yeah.
0: But I just got that you look across the uh, the gambit of all the past sort of six, 12 months, almost every single labor market indicator we've got has come in hotter than expected. So it wasn't really surprising that we got a better result. Uh, the scale of Increase like uh, you can hear that desk there, people in the background. I'm going to tell you it's uh, lucky it's reinforced because that uh, was hit by my jaw and Annette's jaw when we uh, we saw that figure when we we're on air. Uh, truly gobsmackingly strong. And uh, look, uh, when it comes to the RBA, good luck trying to convince us that uh, that rates need to be held until uh, 2024 at current levels.
1: Boy, it's a hard line that they're going to have to toe, especially because we had such firm commitment coming from the U.S. central bank just this morning. That rates don't need to go anywhere. They are comfortable with inflation. They're comfortable with the transitory nature that they see as being inflation. They want to get Americans back to work, and they want to run the economy hot. So, I mean, in that environment, I mean, we had a guest on earlier today, Northman Trader, actually. It's available via the show notes, who said the Fed has painted themselves into a trap. Well, in some ways, the RBA has as well.
0: Yeah, but uh, look... The RBA's gotta be very careful because uh it's not only trying to go and paint itself into a trap with markets, it's painting itself into a trap and trying to get into a scraps with uh, with central banks that are far larger than what they are. They need to be much more canny and smart and control things that they can go and control. They want to go and achieve their objectives. Uh, I wrote in my view today that uh, I think that one of the most dovish moves, and that's including after the news that we saw today on the labour market, is for the RBA to go and say, instead of waffling on about doing more QE, which I think is just doing zero when it comes to actually trying to lower the Aussie, uh, go and extend your curve control and really send a message to the markets that, hey, we're not going to touch the cash rate until we see real progress and real like you no know, strong objectives coming through in the data because that's the only thing they can control they can't control QE they can't control longer dated yields we saw that today pick your battles where you can go and win them
1: so, extending that yield curve control like Bill Evans now expects them to do. So, from April, I think, to November 2024.
0: Yeah. I floated that idea on Twitter earlier this week and before Back, I'm going <laughs> to float my own boat again. But uh, I was doing it more for the, uh, for the currency side of the equation because the, uh, the two-year part of the, uh, the, the curve is really sensitive and really drives currency fluctuations. And that's why I could never quite understand why the RBA was banging on about, you know, trying to go and control the belly of the curve. So, sort of like, you no know, five to seven years or 10 years, and trying to go and control it through that, because it just can't. Uh, look, all the uh, borrowing in Israel, almost all of it is done, short-end, variable rates, tick, that will go and help that side of the equation, will help the, uh, keep the cap on the Aussie dollar. Yep, it will as well. That's the battle to go and you know, pick that one. Pick
1: your fights, pick your fights, I guess. Uh, well, the evidence... Of rising bond yields and the rising Aussie dollar are pretty evident across the market today, Scuddy. CSL down by one and three quarters of a percent. The banks all well into negative territory. We had some pressure coming through on commodities as well. Uh, one bright spot in the market, and one of the few sector wise, is gold.
0: Yeah, and that reflected the dovishness. So the US dollar was weaker overnight, and mm-hmm. uh, that reflected what, uh, what primarily what. Uh, Jerome Powell and said during his press conference rather than anything else. But even that being said, I just wonder how long that uh, real yields will be pinned down. It's going to be a similar scenario around the world. You've got to have all these central banks promising to go and keep policy rates pinned uh, down for several years at least, uh, while simultaneously pouring unprecedented levels of fiscal and monetary stimulus on the economy at a time when things are going to be pretty hot. The Curves are only get steeper. Back end of the yields are going to get really, really high much more high than here. I can sense what's going to come and it's going to cause some uh, some pretty gnarly uh, scenes in financial markets. The next couple of months are going to be really, really interesting to see how it all plays out. You're going to have strong economic data and the market ain't going to like it.
1: Brace for volatility. Just to the point, Bellevue Gold, uh, Remelius, Silver Lake Resources, uh, Gold Road, all amongst the best performers on the Chai X200 today. On the flip side though, we did have Coden. Uh, Uh, losing close to 4%. We saw Atlas Arteria down, Nine Entertainment as well. Uh, Nine Entertainment, one of the worst performers, along with Next DC. Uh, So yeah, giving you a bit of a taste of what was moving out there today. Uh, We will move on now, I think though, to the stock of the day. Unibail Redemco Westfield. It was on my radar because we had a chat about a center group yesterday on the call and it was nominated as perhaps one in the shopping center area, retail area of the market that perhaps was looking a bit better value. And then it came as it uh, really closed the sale of three Paris office buildings. So it's looking to really divest uh, a huge amount of its European assets. It's looking to withdraw completely from the US market within two years. So is it a turnaround story? Or you know, has the paradigm shift in shopping in the way in which we shop, and the fact that it's got so much debt, no dividends. I mean, yes. To, to get the picture, I spoke with Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader, Carl Capulinga from Think Markets to see what they think of URW as a potential turnaround story and an investable idea. Here's what they had to say:
0: In one of those beaten down stocks, obviously, COVID drove a truck through earnings. However, I would suggest as we're sort of getting towards the end of this uh, disruption. Uh, They're not out of the woods yet. Um, They said in their uh, four-year report in February that uh, all locations, all geographic locations, there are still restrictions, some restrictions in place. If you're a holder, I think you, you should hang on. I, I, I think there's more upside than downside from here, based upon what I've just said. If you've um, got cash on the sidelines looking to buy, I'm not sure this is the one right now. I'd keep a very close eye on it, uh, but I think there are better opportunities out there in terms of the capital growth you're gonna get from share price and then also a kicker from some dividends in the meantime.
1: Look, it's a recovery candidate, it's a turnaround story. How much it turns around, well that's, that's yet to be seen. Like you made a great point earlier about uh, we've changed the way that we, we shop to, to a great extent. Uh, we now do a whole lot of stuff online. That's been a concern I've had with, with, uh, with some of the retail um, sector for a while. Like how, how's that gonna work with shopping centres? You know, The old style shopping centre, is it going to be the way, way of the future? It's um, like I'd prefer office or, or um, industrial. Downside I think is, is limited. Upside, I think there's upside there. How much, you know, it's it's really hard to say. You wouldn't buy it today. No. And that is not, that's that's not qualifying for the osbiz portfolio. Not even vaccines, not even economic recovery could uh, get these guys to like that one. I'm yeah. not shocked.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a very interesting ride. Uh, Gosh,
1: you gotta think the Lowy's got out at just the right time. And I remember when they sold. Uh, asking the question, so have they seen the top of the market? Are they getting out at the best time? Nothing, and, nothing
0: wrong yeah. with simplifying the business model and uh, you know divesting, you know, pass out and spinning it out. So uh, that Lowe's did a very uh, good timing of that uh, that yeah. deal.
1: Timing's everything, isn't it? Listen, if you would like a couple more companies that the brokers think are very, and that's a quote, undervalued. We spoke with Rudy Philippek Van Dyke from FN Arena, and you can listen to that via the show notes as well. So. Oh, I've, I've got to say, yeah. any,
0: you've got to watch the other uh, video because Rudy's haircut looking real schmick.
1: Ooh, what do you do?
0: Built for speed.
1: That wasn't a hint. What, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, when, when are you due for a haircut?
0: Oh, I don't know. Do I need one? I don't know. That's all right. My hair grows so <laughs> bloody fast. It's it's like. I, sp- I sp- just I- noticed that. I suppose it's probably a good thing. I could be, could be in a worse shape. It's, uh, <laughs> sorry for all those out there follically challenged. But uh, yeah, no, not for a while. But yeah, yeah Rudy, uh, Rudy definitely is starting to go speed skater style.
1: Wow. Wow. Good. I will watch it. Uh, don't know if it'll be just for that. I Come <laughs> for the tips. Yeah. Come for the hair. Stay for the tips. Okay. So we have got some of the two big uh, data points out of the way. This week, that uh, of course was the FOMC meeting, and then the jobs data here at home. Uh, we do still have some weekly data out tonight in the U.S. Our jobless comes to mind. That's obviously a big focal point for the um, for the Fed. Yeah. What else is on the agenda? My uh, notes in front of me.
0: Yeah, look. Uh keep an eye on the uh, initial jobless claims in the states uh, once again it's very volatile keep a track on the uh, the four week moving average it's a better indicator as to what actually is happening in that space uh, week to week it's just it's a shambles mm-hmm. so uh, trajectory is slow but surely coming down which is a good sign uh, obviously we want to continue that continue to happen because that will point to stronger payrolls growth in the uh the months ahead.
1: Who's on tomorrow, you ask? Well, we speak with Steve Sosnick, who is Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers, Kirsten Hunter, MD of Future Super. Uh, We've got Joe Masters and Matthew Sherwood from Perpetual on The Big Picture at 11.30 and on the call. Kashi's back. He'll be speaking with Rudy Philippek Van Dyke and Claude Walker from A Rich Life. That'll be a good one. And uh, 3.45, uh, we will be getting an economic viewpoint with Jeremy Thorpe, who's chief economist at PwC. And then at 4 p.m., it's a Friday. You know what that means, Scotty
0: means I don't have to go and rush off to Adelaide tomorrow, so uh, I can stick around and have a drink or two.
1: A drink or two. We hope you join us for the last call, but we hope you join us for the day before that. Look, let's call it a day, Scotty, and I look forward to to seeing you tomorrow. Yeah,
0: see you tomorrow. and Hopefully I can go and survive the great flood of Sydney, which looks like it's going on outside right now. I'm
1: really looking forward to, to standing outside catching my bus in a few minutes.
0: Ciao. Bye.